One More Game with Alec James. Come on, man, just one more game. Uh, all right. Hi, and welcome to the One More Game podcast. I'm your host, Alec James, and I just completed Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. I didn't even have time to go grab Chris. I, I was just like, I I got to go hop on the mic, get on the computer, and just record this podcast because, wow. <laughs> so, uh, for those of you who are Zelda fans, um, yeah, if you haven't played this game yet, please just just go play it. Just give, give yourself a, just go do it. Find some money, go buy the game, give it a try. My goodness, I I have so much to say about this game, and it took me a while to finish it. I know that some people might be like, you know, by the time this podcast comes out, might be like, what, you're just now finishing it? <laughs> but I didn't want to finish it, because it, there was a big part of me, and this is why I, I think it hit me so much harder um, once I did complete it, was this is going to be the next Zelda game for the next six years, more than likely. I mean, we're going to get DLC. I mean, more than likely, we might get a remaster or something here or there. But in terms of, like, an actual, like, full sandwich Zelda game, this is it for six years. And it just makes you... It puts it into perspective, really, when you think about it. It's like, where am I going to be six years from now, you know? I think about when I was, you know, six years in the past, back in 2017, when Breath of the Wild came out, how just different life was and how how everything was just so different and it makes it just puts it into perspective it's like wow like the next time another zelda game comes out like i'm gonna be how old am i right now 23 i'll be 29 oh my god (laughs) i had to count on my fingers i'm not very good at math but i'll be 29 almost 30 that's mind-boggling to think about like am i even holy crap (laughs) like where am i gonna be when i'm like you know just under 30 it's it just puts it into perspective of like wow like you know these games are really special they only come out once in a while and i am just so glad that i was able to have the experience that i was with with this game you know so yeah just to do a quick overview of the game you know anybody listening to this of course there'll be spoilers going ahead uh just talking about my experiences with the game and certain aspects of the game that uh that will will spoil it (laughs) so just you know be warned going into it uh with that being said i'll just move on but yeah going forward zelda it was very interesting i started off with the regional phenomena i mean well you know what let's let's bring it back a little bit so it starts you off on the great plateau but up in the sky it's a great sky plateau and this was a really good way i think to ease the players and it's very very similar to breath of the wild in the way that it eases you into the game and you know gives you an area to kind of just mess around in and kind of figure out the mechanics of this game it was very nice very beautiful very serene um what i loved about this game though was how it is still being implemented to this day that there are multiple solutions to a lot of problems within this game even in shrines it's almost like it's like the game wants you to cheat (laughs) in a way and like figure out your way around because there are so many instances where 
I would just fumble my way through something and be like, was this supposed to be the way like I was supposed to? No, probably not. Well, maybe actually. I don't need <laughs> and somehow still, you know, would, uh, figure out the solution to a shrine or, get, you know, figure out my way up a, up a certain mountain or something like that. And it is. It's meant to be that way, which I really, really enjoyed. Not to mention, um, they or they introduced relatively early on in the game the ability to build stuff, and this has been taken. Oh my goodness, to insane levels. I I can't even begin to tell you how. I, crazy these people have gotten they're straight up um engineers <laughs> on this game uh building all these different like uh zoni devices and, and and carts and flying machines oh my goodness the one that i use the most i mean everybody has to use them at some point right was the hover bike you just swap two fans together and stick a little uh steering stick in the middle that got me through 90% of this game, if not the entire, uh, my entire experience through the depths of this game, which speaking of which, like, bravo to Nintendo, because they had us thinking, like, oh, yeah, yeah, you guys are gonna go, like, uh, it's gonna be the same world, a little bit different, um, but we're gonna have you going into the sky, right, you know, we're gonna have you get in the sky, and we were all like, whoa, like, there's gonna be so much cool stuff to do in the sky, and we were all hyper-fixed on the sky, and I remember even saying, like, man, I hope they have, like, more caves and stuff like that, like, I really hope that, like, you know, they introduce something, like, a little bit more caves, and, you know, you know maybe explore the ground, bro (laughs) the way that that this game delivered in terms of uh caves was 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 beyond far and beyond i mean not only did they add caves into this game right so you could go in there find treasures you know uh find these bulbu bubble gems that you could trade at, at this guy named kilton for monster stuff um they introduced an entire second hyrule basically underneath the ground literally called the depths so this was introduced also fairly early on but the very first moment that you dive into the depths it is like whoa like what is going on there is you know like basically it's just a big hole in the ground and you're falling you're falling you're falling and you're like oh my god i'm still falling i'm still going oh my goodness this is deep and you get down there it is pitch blackness everywhere and you are just like what like like what is going on what is this world and you find your first light route down there which basically illuminates the 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 depths you know not a crazy ton but enough for you to be able to see and you just get exposed to this whole underground world literally the same they people call it the the upside down you know in like stranger things of hyrule because it is a literal direct mirror representation of what is on the surface to you know underneath and the amount of exploring and just things you can find down there, it is so cool. So, so cool. So they blew us out of the water. Nintendo straight up blew us out of the water with this game. And having us hyper-focused on the sky and then over-delivering, like, in the ground. And then giving us a whole other world down below. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it when when I found this out. I was just, I was, yeah, awestruck. Um, so not only did they deliver on the ground, they did deliver in the sky as well, uh, with a bunch of sky islands, floating islands, coliseum, things where you could fight these, uh, construct, uh, you know, monster enemy things. Um, I didn't spend too much time personally in the sky for some reason, like it, like it was fun, you know, but I definitely was more intrigued with the depths and just the regular, uh, ground for sure. But, you know, one thing I will say is, uh, not to, I, I'm not, I can, 
I'm going to play a little bit of devil's advocate on this game, because as much as I love Zelda, I, lo- I mean, don't get me wrong, I love this experience so much. Um, I will say one thing that made it a little bit, not bad, but just something that I didn't necessarily want to jump back into, like, really quickly, was the fact that we were exploring the same you know, surface as as we were in Breath of the Wild. And yes, it was different, you know, to an extent. But to an extent also, I was like, well, I've already been there. Like, I already know what's there. I don't need to necessarily go explore there again, right? Like, And so I'd find myself, like, sometimes not exploring certain areas of the map because I was like, well, I already know what's down there or over there, you know? I can't, how much could it have changed them, you know? That much, or I don't know. Um, so I didn't really feel too much of, like, you know, a push to explore, over-explore, you know? I was a little bit more intrigued with, like, the depths because I was like, no, this is, like, new, you know? What am I going to find down here? <laughs> um, but, yeah. Um, yeah, again, I can't, I can't rag on this game too much. The amount of minor flaws that this game had, um, are far outweighed by the beauty and the, the greatness of what it did do. One thing I did want to jump into before I, uh, keep, you know, rambling on was, you know, just the beginning of the game, how it started you off. It was very interesting because it was different than every other Zelda game. A lot of, a lot of the time you have, you know, Zelda or, or Link sleeping, you know, awaking in some way, shape, or form. Uh, in this one, it started you off where you and Zelda were underneath Hyrule Castle and you were already in these caves and you were exploring, you know, these dark caves. Um, what we saw in the trailer, basically, for Tears of the Kingdom. And you explore through these caves and you, you're going down, 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 down. Um, and then you open up and you get into like this chamber and that's where you see Ganondorf being held at bay by this green arm, right? So you basically, you know, uh, it, it notices you or whatever, you know, it's not happy you're there. Uh, rumbles the ground, everything goes crazy. Zelda ends up falling into a, uh, into a hole, but before she does, she disappears because of this like yellow stone. That, and I don't know, it makes her disappear as Link dives in to save her. Um, I'm skipping over a bunch of stuff, but basically, Ganondorf, the, the calamity, that gloom, um, bounded to Link's arm actually as he tried to defend Zelda. And, uh, and the Master Sword was broken at, in that moment, and his arm, Link's arm, actually got. Uh, you know, like decayed or gloomy <laughs> from the experience. Um, but he went in to dive after Zelda anyways. And as he does, you know, she disappears and the green arm that was holding Ganondorf at bay actually grabs him, pulls him out. Next thing you know, Link wakes up. You don't know where he's at. And he has this green arm that's actually attached to, you know, his arm that got destroyed. So now he's there with a broken master sword, a green arm, and he's up on the sky island somewhere. And you slowly piece together everything, you know, from that great, you know, the great sky plateau uh, of everything that's going on. But basically, Raru, the um, first king of Hyrule, uh, has quite a backstory with Zelda because, uh, you know, spoiler alert here, Zelda actually gets sent back in time to when the beginning, you know, uh, foundations of Hyrule were were started. Um this has to do with the stone that she was able to find or the stone she grabbed when she was down there. Um, but anyway, she was at, she was transported basically back to the beginning of Hyrule. And throughout the whole Tears of the Kingdom experience, you're kind of, you know, putting the pieces back together um, through these uh, markings on the ground that are scattered throughout the whole map. And you just basically go through those and, and you, you, you have these visions of like what happened before uh, and what, you know, Zelda was doing in the past and how it affects the future. And it's just very, very, very 
interesting. It was a very good experience to, you know, have that slowly pieced together and have the picture form for you at the end. Um, yeah, and so the story itself, I mean, it's a Zelda game. It's 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 fantastic. It's great. It's it's thought out. It's just beautiful. I mean, I couldn't even yeah, by the time the end of the game came around, um you find out actually that Zelda turned herself into a dragon basically by inhaling one of these uh these these stones. They're basically these, you know, sacred stones that the first king of Hyrule, Raru, gave to all the sages to enhance their powers. Well, if you eat one, you turn into a dragon, like an immortal dragon. Um, I'm actually re-recording in this section because uh, there's a lot of story that I spoiled <laughs> immediately after this, and I didn't want to over eh, over-spoil any of the story, because I want you to be able to go and experience it yourself and enjoy it and, and see how things unfold for yourself. Um, but you do end up losing the Master Sword early on uh, within the game, which is an integral part of the entire process, as it is in, in every Zelda game. The Master Sword is quite you know integral to the story, so... Uh, uh, you'll have to go play to find out for yourself, but but yeah, after that, it goes into the regional phenomena, and I liked how they were always themed. This was similar to the last game. The Zora were the water, you know, the Gorons were fire, Rita were wind, and the Gerudo were electricity? Yeah? <laughs> I think, yeah, something like that. Um, and yeah, I mean, one thing I will say this game did was, in terms of boss fights, they stepped it up. Oh my goodness. This game... They, yeah, I, that, I, I gotta, I gotta give them a lot of thanks for that because even like with the dungeons as well, um, although they weren't exactly what I was hoping for in a Zelda game, I, I'm personally hoping one day that we do get like a classic Zelda experience where it's like the old, the old dungeons from like Twilight Princess where there's like more puzzle solving and, and things like that. But, you know, I wasn't mad about it because they definitely did, you know, step it up from the, the, the last game not only in the dungeons, but also in the boss fights as well. The best one, obviously, being the Rito region. Everybody will, well, jump to Colgara. That's the the boss that that uh, you fight there. And I made the mistake of fighting that one first, you know, going to the Rito section of the map first. And so my expectations were set really high, like right off the bat. Uh, and so the Colgara boss fight, fantastic. And if you've listened to the music, it actually has callbacks from Wind Waker. If you've played Wind Waker before, it's got callbacks from from there. You know, you hear the Dragon Roost Island theme within the, the the theme of that song. And so when I was like fighting it, I was like, oh my goodness, I, I was like, I recognize this. I know what this is from. This is so freaking cool. <laughs> and I always love Dragon Roost Island. I don't know uh like if anybody else is out there, but it's just low-key one of my favorite songs in Zelda. I mean, it is a fantastic theme. Um, but yeah, they had a lot of Wind Waker callbacks uh, in the in the music. So I was like, that's cool. That's fantastic. So not only was it a good boss fight, but it was a good dungeon as well. It took, you know, it, you had to basically climb up all these different uh, pillars until you and jump on all these like sailboats to get very high up in the sky to this you know, flying sailboat that was surrounded by a big gust of wind. And yeah, again, like it was definitely a step up, I think, from the, uh, what are those called in the, in the last game? The, uh, those champion, yeah, those, those big giant things. <laughs> I'm drawing a blank on what they're called, but it, it was very similar, but still a step up, you know, uh, at least that one was, but 
the rest of them were were very different in terms of the Goron, where the fire mountain you dive down into the in a death mountain or or yeah the the big mountain range in the game and you end up finding the fire temple which is down in the depths and that was interesting that was very very cool to find that down there it just felt real it was like this is where this should be you know like it, it makes sense that this is down here and I'll, I'll give it to the fire temple that one was i cheesed that one so bad <laughs> i don't think i did a single thing in that temple that like you were supposed to do it or did it in the right order i cheesed that one so so bad <laughs> I, I mean it was confusing as crap i mean i don't know what why they made that one so weirdly confusing i don't know if it was just for me or for anybody else but for me i was like holy cow um the Zora one was pretty cool. I not the boss was a little bit underwhelming just because it was this tiny little squid monster, and you're like, really, this guy is causing all these issues, like in the Zora area. Um, but <laughs> it was, it was, you know, it, it was still relatively cool. I think there could have been a little bit more done with the Zora because it's technically the water temple of the game, and I was kind of hoping for you know, something that would make me want to bang my controller across my head, because Zelda games are known for having water temples that are, or water, yeah, water dungeons, water temples that are just uh, frustrating as all get out. So I was kind of hoping for it, if I'm being honest with you. Like, it's almost to be expected at this point. Um, But it was cool. They kind of had, like, the zero gravity thing going on in, in the sky. But I felt it was a little weird, like a little bit out of place for, like, a water temple. I was almost hoping it would also be, like, underground somewhere. Um, But for what it was, I wasn't complaining. I was like, this is still fun. My favorite one, though, was definitely the Gerudo dungeon you know that that temple oh my goodness that one was cool that one was really really cool it was a little bit more linear when you got in uh not too big but it felt like a classic zelda dungeon it it really did i remember walking through and i was like yeah this feels this feels right like this feels like a, a zelda dungeon also not to mention the the queen gibdo uh boss fight was not bad not bad at all i mean creepy we have in this game the introduction of the Gibdo in this region as well, which at first I thought were redeads. <laughs> if I'm being honest with you, I, I I did some research on it, and it turns out they actually are not. They are a completely different thing. <laughs> so I was straight up wrong. Like when I was like talking to people about this, because I was like, "Oh, they got redeads back!" Like, "Oh, that," but it wasn't the case at all. The Gibdo are a com- actually a different thing. Um, but still, nonetheless, they were still very, you know. Uh, creepy and unique and cool in their own way. Uh, but yeah, the temple itself was very fun, very cool. Uh, I liked the way that it utilized mirrors and, and, and reflecting light and stuff like that. So a very fun temple to do, very cool boss fight, and it felt awesome. Now, let me reiterate, there actually, when you defeat each, or when you complete each regional phenomena uh, within the, the area, you get whatever... Um, leader or whatever person was destined to become the sage of 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 this time to help you fight ganon um you get them as a character to like a little like uh orb that you can summon them at any time and you can have them help you so by when you're done um you, you can kind of utilize all their powers to to help you throughout your quest um which is cool so you have the four of them you know all on your side it's like, yeah, it's just like the squad of, of people helping you out. But it's cool. It's it's a, it's an interesting thing because that didn't, you didn't have that in Breath of the Wild. So they, they, so they definitely 
upped the ante when it came to having buddies and friends, you know, and followers in this game. So it was pretty cool. But like I said, this game really, really emphasized building and figuring out your own solutions to a lot of problems, which I loved. I mean, it's very, very cool. Um, Again, like, I still can't believe some of the stuff people are coming up with with this game. It is mind-blowing. I mean, straight up, by, like, you know, engineers, like, in this game, creating wild stuff. But it's it's cool. It's it's interesting to see. The final uh, boss fight at this game was just pff, uh, hard. <laughs> A lot harder than the than the last one, I'll tell you that much. Uh, you actually get to fight Ganon. And what's cool is I loved about this game was as being, like, a Zelda fan... I'm not too sure if in any other Zelda game you really hear, like, Ganon's voice. Um, but you do hear his voice in here, like, multiple times. Like, you, like not just, like, hmm, or grunts or whatever. It is, like, dialogue. You hear a lot of dialogue. And that blew me away when I heard it. I was like, this is, like, my first time really, really hearing Ganondorf's voice, like, speak to me. And I was like, this is fantastic. Like, I love this. <laughs> this is so cool. So, uh, the final boss fight was just, oh, it was freaking sick. Um, a lot harder than the first one. Like I said, uh, you're fighting Ganondorf a couple of times and one in his normal uh, form, and then he, he, he gets a little bit stronger. He ends up actually turning into a giant dragon at the end, and and how you defeat that is pretty cool. Um, I won't spoil everything, but yeah, it's just it's yeah, it's very very cool. It was a very good boss fight, a lot harder than I thought it would be. Kind of had to think about it for a while. One of those reasons was because there's this new this new uh, concept of the gloom, and it basically will take away your hearts, but it won't only take away your hearts; it will keep them away, so you can't like reheal. Uh, so in order to do that, uh, you actually have to infuse dishes with sundalions, uh, which can help you, you know, not get rid of those. Or you can just, there's different like, you know, uh, armors that you can find that take away that gloom negative effect or that can help slow it down. Um, but I was never about it. It all looked ugly. So I was like, I'm not going to wear that. <laughs> but yeah, again, like I, I just wanted to talk about this game real quick because again, like it, it's going to be another six years before we get another Zelda game and I just, for what it's worth, like this game was the successor to Breath of the Wild. It added in, I think, just about every single way. I can definitely see why so many people would rate this as their favorite Zelda game. I, I get it. Would I put it up there for myself personally? I mean, I don't know. <laughs> it, I, I still think it's early to tell. I, I want to be able to sit on it, stew on it, you know, uh, go play through it some more I, i'm still not completed with it obviously there's a bunch more shrines that you know i have to do um a lot more a little bit more of the depths actually that i need to explore uh there's so many more side quests i need to do granted i it's up there it is up there i mean i'll always put a special place in my heart for wind waker and, and like twilight princess and stuff like that um but in terms of a Zelda game, I, I think I would put this up there highly. Like, it is just a good experience for even if you're not a Zelda player. Like, you can get into a game like this. It is just so, so much fun for even somebody who doesn't play that kind of game. But if you do play Zelda, then you'll just really, really love the references and the beauty and in what this game, yeah, has to offer. I think why I'm so passionate about Zelda is because it's not just... A video game, you know, for me personally. I don't know if there's anybody else out there who's listening who feels similarly, but or, or, or somewhat similar to how I do. But Zelda is a game that um, 
it came into my life at a very young age. And I remember watching my brother and his friend play, you know, like, like Wind Waker and stuff like that on the GameCube when it came out. And when I was a kid, I wanted to be Link, you know, I don't know if you like, I'd go outside and I'd, I'd get a stick and I'd swing it around. Like, <laughs> I was that guy. Um, but he was the embodiment of like courage, you know, I mean, in the games, that's exactly what he was, you know, uh, in terms of the Triforce, you know, uh, and, and, and all that stuff. So, you know, he, he was an embodiment of courage. And, you know, when you're young, I think you, you tend to idolize certain people, some people can idolize, you know, their parents. They can, they can idolize certain, um, you know, people of power within the the world. They can idolize a TV show character or even a video game character. And one of those people that I always did like, you know, find a lot of admiration for was, you know, Z- or not Z- <laughs> It was uh, Link. Link in the game. I almost called him Zelda. That's the biggest mistake any Zelda fan can make. <laughs> um, but I found it in the Zelda games. So and and through Link. And so I'm not obviously out there still, you know, swinging a stick around in my free time. But there is still a piece of me that holds, you know, uh, that character close to my heart because, in a way, it taught me at a young age to be courageous. In a, I know that might sound. Uh, cliche or you know maybe a little cringy but it's true you know to an extent and so as i get older you know i i I stuck with the with the zelda games and just seeing them evolve over time seeing the way that the story goes in each game it's like yeah i just i really hold this series you know in a a close place in my heart i really do and so i just I, i thank nintendo for creating a game that is so so awesome (laughs) you know and one that has spanned several years uh, and has such a you know awesome fan base a lot of people might have looked at this game and just said oh it's just breath of the wilds with slap on it's just breath of the wild dlc with 70 dollars price point slapped on it and personally you know i i look at that and i say yeah you know what i mean if they wanted to make this a dlc could they have done it maybe like probably they they probably could have However, this game, this game sold 10 million copies, if I'm reading that correctly here, yeah, in three days, 10 million copies in a matter of three days, which is a Guinness World Record holder uh, for one of the fastest selling video games of, of all time. So this game not only proves by the numbers, you know, that it's an insanely, you know, great game. But just coming from somebody who's played it, it really is. It, it, it is. It, it is a good experience. And I really hope that whoever's listening gets a chance to try it. Or if you have tried it and you just enjoy listening to the podcast about it, then hey, you know what? I'm glad you did. <laughs> I'm glad you, li- you played it and that you're here listening to this podcast. So with that being said, thank you so, so much for listening to the One More Game Podcast. Uh, If you like this episode or any of the further uh, or or last preceding ones, please go ahead and leave us a five-star review. It it helps us out so much, and we really, really appreciate your guys' support in that aspect. So yeah, again, thank you so much for listening, and we will see you guys in the next one.